I hit the button, which means that the button. The button means so I can stop. I should stop complaining about tournament organizers now. You should probably stop because you don't even know who they are or what they're doing, and it's it's a really bad look to yeah. just be like, oh no. Let, let me just say, like uh, when people when people accuse Trent of like doing it for the clout and stuff, there's like real stuff that we could drop for the clout. You know, that seems like, so scary that the the clout could also mean being blackballed. Yeah. So. <laughs> And cloud, you know, it's ruining, burning bridges, ruining relationships. That's the best way. To I, I have a, I will say, I have a lot of respect for Thorin, um, for how he is able to always criticize event organizers. Like he will literally criticize everybody, um, and he still works and gets hired by them all the time. And that I is would never hire him. <laughs> I, I know you wouldn't, but uh, I, I I like Thorin. Uh, I had the chance to meet him in person. Uh, I know he can be an abrasive person, um, but there's a lot of his personalities that I do quite like, and that is something that I really respect out of him, that he seems to have a lot of integrity in that regard. Um, and I kind of, like, I'm thinking about, like, I want to be more like that, um, but it feels so dangerous because the, the yeah. integrity does so often cross over into like, you. If I say one wrong thing, you know, yeah. is that twenty percent off my yearly income? Yeah, you know. And it's also like, um, and, and there's also a question of like, at what point do you post this stuff on social media, and what point do you post this stuff privately? You know, and like, at what point do you make a show and at, talk? About yeah, it? at what point do you? Yeah, at, at what point do you make a show about it? Uh, and and at like, what point do you, when you're posting it privately and it's not getting fixed, or it's not getting fixed very quickly? Like, how? Like, I, what's the breaking point? You know? Yeah, you know, this is the the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? And that's something that we're intimately familiar with in the Dota community because the squeakiest of wheels get all the grease or at least that's what people think you know if i don't shout from the rooftops every day about this thing that i don't like then valve's never going to change it yeah. so we're already kind of in a microcosm of culture that's used to being rewarded for being loud which i don't know if i necessarily like mm. it's like when you give a dog too much food from the dinner table and they're like, okay, well, they're going to give me scraps of food. So they just like sit there and beg. They're like, you know, if I just keep on asking, like something's going to happen, something will change. Mm -hmm. But it's, I guess, you know, that's also just not a Dota thing at this point. You know, we do that with Counter-Strike. We do that with League. We do that yeah. with, with most games. We do that with, with me. We do that with Sonic, the movie. Yeah. So we've really come into a point where the only way to get change is to be loud on the internet. Can I just say oh, that all I can I can't stop thinking about it, so I have to say it. I have to get on my soapbox a little bit here. The uh, to bring this back into Dota and something a little less serious. I hate those Reddit threads. <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. Literally unplayable. <laughs> Link to spell description <laughs> or misspelled word or grammar error. Or in the latest one was the missing name for Void Spirit. Void Spirit's name is Granny. Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> Void Spirit's name is Nye. And you cannot type that in 
to the the hero thing to pull up the hero a new hero who uh, like nobody refers to as an I and but that's the the latest reddit post and that indeed got that squeaky wheel did get the grease valve changed that you can now type in an I to find void spirit was that the breaking point for you because i saw that tweet no i made that tweet beforehand and then i saw that like i saw that later and i was just like oh jesus so i made a a sarcastic one about um granny granny about snapfire i can't type in granny and find snapfire somebody posted on reddit i i hate that it's such low effort like i like honestly i should just that should be a flare that i should mute i i'm not that good with Reddit. you'd be surprised you know mute stuff how many people don't use that the flares yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of work that's like put into uh like that system on there's a the long yeah. list of flares i noticed recently when i posted our uh, charlie podcast on uh-huh, Reddit. i was like uh-huh. oh that's right i remember this there's a lot of flares yeah th- th- there's a lot of stuff so in theory you can use reddit to like your best yeah what suits you best but like something like seven percent of people use it and to those seven percent of people it is like the most invaluable feature on the dota subreddit is to be able to just sort out all the complaints all the suggestions all the videos but you know that's a lot of work for for that seven percent when the vast majority of people just don't do that i so, think there is a place for that meme the one that uh-huh. you really don't like i think that it's that it's almost a, a fun way to say like oh hey here's this little tiny insignificant thing that doesn't really matter but like it's incorrect like yeah. it's probably a bad look like if if valve was a normal company that had like a hundred qa testers there would be someone in house who would be like oh hey you spelt this wrong or why is this backwards than this? So I, I feel like there's a there's a cute way to use it. But what always happens with I mean you can like memes or Reddit in general is that people are like, hold on, are you telling me that I can get internet points? Yes. By trying to be funny low effortly. That's the part that bothers me. I know that there's probably a way that I could probably mute all these posts, but it it just like at its core it bothers me that the front page of my subreddit's community that is like. It is very important to me. I used to read it a lot. Um, that um, that like s- like such a low effort shit post like that will get like nine hundred points for an, a, a joke that's just been beaten to death a hundred times over. It, it for a, a change that doesn't do anything for Dodo whatsoever. While like really good content. That is actually like takes hours and hours to make. And for anybody who's wondering, I'm not referencing to our podcast. <laughs> that is literally just us shit posting uh, oh, verbally for was, an hour and shit. a half. Um, okay, but yeah, I, I I'm referring to that. like people who actually like make videos and stuff like that gets like no upvotes. And I'm just like, why is it this way? Like something at the core of that just bothers me that people won't take the time to upvote the good content. And will instead upvote the shit post and, and don't like it, Joey. I don't like it. <laughs> people, uh, I always attribute to just people liking, uh, not putting that much effort in, right? Like, if, if everyone took two hours out of their day to look at all these Reddit posts from an objective position and be like, what is the most valuable thing for the community after mulling over it? I think we'd have more of the effect of, like, actual interesting things, new people, fun stuff, interesting, like, like thoughts, Uh bubble up to the top but that's just we've oh 
I don't want to say we've devolved as humans, but it definitely feels like we're at a point where it's just like, what is the headline? Furthermore, is it funny? If so, that's what I like. Like, you know, we see we see it just beyond. It, it's not just a Dota subreddit thing. Like, no. most oh, no, subreddits, it's not. it's not. Most uh, subreddits are like it. Our, honestly, our our esports, uh, like our Dota two and how it incorporates esports is very good. I think. Uh, <sighs> I know there's a lot of problems with other uh, esport or other subreddits for games that they don't involve their esports at all such as overwatch is obviously the biggest one um, yeah, they have two different communities for it yeah they just straight up split it up and everything our community is really good at that uh it just still like fundamentally just bothers me because it, it's just not funny <laughs> it's not funny i want and shout out to paprika who put out another video he's the guy who does like the very droll uh, talking about uh, his latest one was why more people watch Dota instead of play Dota. Mm -hmm. um, I I think that that content is hilarious. I love it so much. Um, and like that'll never be the top post on Reddit, but literally unplayable. That there's very real chance that's going to be there, and it <laughs> bothers it's that easy. A lot of me. It's, it's a barrier of entry thing. Yeah. Even like you know if, if we want to be selfish and talk about like oh hey the Arteezy episode was on the subreddit like that's not. Like maybe maybe like a top three thing, but if you look at the discrepancy between the upvotes between that and like the joke above it, like it's really no, it's really not close. It's like oh man, we we Artis doesn't do podcasts. I thought more people would. Oh no, okay, I get it. Okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> so you do have to kind of I guess separate yourself. Then it's so hard for me to try and be. Uh, objective about the subreddit at this point after I've like had my hands in it for so long. Oh yeah, that's true. That uh I, I look at a lot of the things that other communities will do, like the League of Legends subreddit, which is a very easy parallel to draw and be like, well I'm glad that we don't do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like because we are, at least in my opinion, which is totally fair if anyone thinks it's wrong, is better than most, if not all, the other esports game subreddits, that like that's enough. Like, oh, we're not doing dumb shit like League is. That's fine. Like that's where we're reaching a bare minimum. But really we should be trying harder to go beyond that. Like, be in first place and then get a lead, not just be in first place and coast. Let me say, there is a, a meme shit post that returns every single time, and I actually like this one. It's the uh, it's the plus one armor meme with uh, the cartoon where you just do the lazy, uh, the paint <laughs> cropping, and you just stack. Like, I find that one hilarious because there's, like, history to go with it. It takes a, a modicum of effort, and it, you also can't post it every other day because it only comes with a patch because the and not every patch. has to be a patch that somebody gets plus one armor i'm totally down with that so i'm okay with shit posting it's just for whatever reason the unplayable one just bothers me in its core and i'm sorry i can't get over it my favorite post like that is um when you talk about uh fuck now i can't remember it oh no <laughs> it's about the it's about the hero aesthetics mm -hmm. or um i, I forget what ah uh, like I, uh like like the hero style guy when they release like this is why all the heroes oh so like, you know like, like, like the, the distinct yeah yeah oh, the distinct the um, god damn it can we can we get there together can we collectively get there I'm trying really hard to remember portfolio what it is. visual uh, cues um hold on I I fucking 
think I can find it. Uh, God damn it. Glance value. Glance value. That's what it is. Yes. I'd do a better take. It's glance value. You know, the glance, glance value. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh that, that that's my favorite thing when we go back because if, if i could if we can do this show yeah and have any number of people from valve on mm-hmm. god willing mm-hmm. one day <laughs> sit down uh-huh. just ask them some things about dota okay oh I you're would, already setting this up ti i will try and get bruno on oh i i don't think it'll happen but i will try i have to i have to prove to i think i have to prove to him uh-huh. that, that that it's worthy okay and then maybe i don't know that's that's thinking a lot it would be really weird if bruno's listening to this and being like why are you thinking about i <laughs> i should stop i bruno i would fucking love you to be here but not even well, bruno. what's the question wait, but wait, like no, but like I- I- anyone from valve if they uh-huh. were here i'd be remiss to not talk about when did the when did we officially stray from the glance value thing and what was the what was like the thought process behind it because we we really went from a point of like hey we can't have ursa wearing overalls to whatever the winter pack is and somewhere in between we stopped caring yeah sven is now a uh an emo uh he-man he's got that that weird face and the the emo haircut brushed over to the side just like a badden yeah, uh, I mean, I guess fucking uh, Trient's a Christmas tree? Yeah, they're like the color scheme <laughs> was supposed to be something that was always going to be the same, and then like only the Arcanas can change the color scheme, and, and then now everybody's like, oh, I see Trient Protector, he's like four different colors based off of the game, you know? He's a fall tree, he's a green tree, he's a white tree, uh, you just never know. My goal would be to one day is that someone at Valve trusts us enough to, to sit down and do an hour with us. And we can no, talk about this. Happen. It's never going to happen. When it's it does happen, happen. It, it'll happen. Nobody it's from Valve will ever, oh. ever do this. They did the fucking thing with Jeff Keighley. And I'm not saying we're Jeff Keighley. I don't know who that is. He's uh, He was doing like that, the Half-Life Alex reveal videos. Oh, right. You know, Je- Jeff Keighley. Oh, most of Jeff well, Keighley's game okay, awards hosted by Jeff Keighley. former Valve person. Mm, that could work. Okay. That could, I, that could see that I could see that being a real that could work. or would that just piss off the current valve people and then really burn that bridge and then they'd never do it we're getting a little uh, meta here <laughs> one day you gotta have goals you gotta have goals 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 you gotta have goals, goals. Are goals. we did the Arteezy thing do a valve person thing yeah. Lance value that's what we were talking about the subreddit that's what we we're talking about I don't know what we're talking about I set up this episode to be a little bit different um uh-huh. like because this is an episode out of time kind of this is like an episode that might be 13 but also might be 17 it's like a it's like an in case of emergency episode <laughs> right so there <laughs> this episode is just stored behind a glass cage <laughs> <laughs> if no podcast break glass Basically, which I think is 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 a good thing, but I don't. It's we might confuse some people about the timeline of chronology of what we're talking about. So I feel like it's worthwhile being upfront to say that this episode might be out of time, and this and being so, it's hard to be like, oh well, you know, I'm really excited about who won the We Play Major. I really thought it was going to be Nigma because they were the old Team Liquid, and you know that new name they got really made them play worse. So. I I'm excited to see Gambit win. 
it'll be really cool if that's, yeah. if that's, if that's true. But, um, th- that, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be like, I was trying to follow that storyline. I was just like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Geek fam's going to win the major. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Also, things might not have great continuity. Also, <laughs> thank you for listening. If you want to, if you want to watch us, just look up Cypol Podcast on YouTube. If you want to listen to us, just, uh, look up Cypol Podcast on your podcast, but cause we're on both and I know people prefer different things, but it helps if you subscribe to both and leave a review on iTunes. Thank yes. you very much. I'll shut the fuck up now. Um, we took a bunch of questions off Twitter. Uh-huh. We asked for them. Yes. Um, we didn't give a lot of notice, so I don't know if there's going to be ones after the fact that people will be like, oh, they didn't answer mine. That's because this was poorly planned. But I shouldn't focus on that because no one needed to know that. So we can just really <laughs> focus on... We just asked... Um, we thought it might be interesting to just do a little bit of, a little bit of Q&A. Yeah. Uh, people had questions about Dota. I, I've listened to my share of podcasts, and, and they always do a Q&A because it's a good way to have a backup episode. It is a good way to have a backup episode, and I'm of the opinion that if people are going to eventually really like this show, they eventually have to like us, right? That's true. So maybe this is a way that people can be like, ah, I relate with them. Or polar opposite, maybe it's the way that people realize that they don't like us. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I feel like I feel like uh, there may be a few people that don't like me after that last episode. Yeah, we don't know which one that was. <laughs> me getting somebody fired is not. Oh a, yeah, you did get someone fired. Great one. I um, first question from me, even though we have other ones. Okay. You told me you had a Singapore story that you didn't get to tell before? Oh, I've got two more stories. You got two more stories? Yes. You want to give me like one now, one later? Sure. You want to bookend it? Um, well, both of these have to do... Actually, no, I can just make fit it into one story. Right. Um, so I had like a very eventful uh, post-Christmas. We, um, we got home on the 27th, 28th. I think it was the 28th. And um, a lot of things happened. Um, I think about the a day after we got back, my girlfriend had a death in the family. Oof. Um, so she had to go back to Romania and uh, r- rough time. So we had a like last minute notice. We couldn't spend New Year's together. And she had to fly to Romania and we had to book book flights for that so um that that is the end of what's gonna happen in this story she's gonna fly to romania the start of this story is we get back from christmas and uh the very first night that um we we stay in our apartment um my my girlfriend has very vivid nightmares um she tells me about them and they're some of like the craziest stuff uh and scary stuff that like i i can't imagine having those kind of nightmares and remembering them um and she was having a very vivid nightmare um and the nightmare is that we were both laying in our bed which is always those those nightmares are the best slash worst <laughs> because it's it's very similar to reality right laying in bed both of us are laying in bed yeah. and apparently there is this creepy should I warn people 
about this isn't going to get gruesome, but it might be a little scary. I don't know. Anyway, there's this uh, this creepy uh, like doll like creature. Okay. Um, that is on my side of the bed, and its head is like right by my chest, sort okay. of deal. Um, so like imagine maybe it's like off the bed. And its head is like kind of forward, like near my chest. And it's reaching over across and with its like very claw-like hands, like scratching at my girlfriend. And she wants it to stop. And I've told her, like, you just need to ignore it to go away. Like, like we, we can't do anything about this super creepy monster that's in our room. Just go to bed, like, honey. Like, just like, we, you just have to try and ignore it. And it keeps on, like, kind of scratching at my girlfriend. And she finally, like, gets mad enough that she decides it's enough. And she reaches over to grab at the thing's neck. To like try and choke it. So she she like real quickly just reaches over and grabs at its neck. And she ends up grabbing me right on my armpit and just squeezing really hard. And I woke up so violently. I literally screamed because I thought I was under attack. I was like, oh. <laughs> I thought somebody was attacking me. I woke up full adrenaline, fists out, ready to fight somebody <laughs> because I thought I was under attack. Oh no. Oh. That was her, that was uh, that was the terrible nightmare we had, and very funny moment. You know, I was just like, you know, I, I woke up screaming and everything, and you know, everything was all good. Dude, very funny. Did, were you like playing Death Stranding, and she like has bad baby <laughs> imagery in her head? Like, no, I no, I, I have no idea. She just has very vivid nightmares, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, that uh, so that happened. So I got attacked in the middle of the night, and then uh, then the following night. Um, my cat knocks over something in the middle of the night, um, and it makes the loudest noise that it has ever made. And so once again, I wake up <laughs> full of adrenaline thinking someone broke into my apartment and I get out like, I, I like I'm, I'm naked. I get out of my bed with my fists up in the air, like ready to fight whoever just broke into my apartment as I search the apartment every inch and then I see something I don't even remember what it was laying on the floor um and and then I realized my cat knocked something over and nobody had broken to the apartment dude so that, that was that was back to back nights right you've had a rough go <laughs> Glad so, you got so those sleep. two nights in a row third night oh, no. okay what happens the third night? night um I I am going to bed um quite late uh, I, I try and go to bed at like 2.30 at this time. I stay awake until like 3. Um, and I'm sort of non-asleep. And at about 3.20 in the morning, my doorbell rings. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm naked. Uh, my girlfriend has clothes on because she's sick. So, like, the doorbell rings and she's a pretty light sleeper. So she wakes up. And in kind of the, the haze of like just waking up sort of deal, she's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'll get the door, right? <laughs> and it's 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, absolutely not. You're no not after the door. Like nobody's ringing our doorbell like at 3.30 in the morning. Nothing is good business at that point in time. So I tell her, absolutely not. You're not answering the door. And 
Uh, it rings about three times before I'm finally able to throw on like enough clothes um, that I I go and my door doesn't have a peephole. You have a so, window. Uh, I have a window. So if you would imagine a uh, the uh, the letter C, mm-hmm. but with straight lines. So the top of the C is the door. Uh-huh. The long part, the vertical part of the C, uh-huh. is is my is the window, and then the bottom part of the C is this little um, little alcove sort of deal, where you could kind I'm of tracking. hide behind, um, so that like people, like the the people like in the driveway and on the main street that are just out there wouldn't be able to see you. And so I look through that window to be able to see like who's at my door, and nobody is there at the door. And then I turn, I notice something in the corner of my eye, and there's this this woman, I had to guess mid-20s, maybe early 30s, most likely mid-20s, is, is crouched there in the corner of that alcove. And she's kind of like motioning frantically to me while being like very much crouched and trying to hide from something, right? So I'm on like full alert. And I... I open the window. I notice a couple of things. Uh, first of all, that she's got a backpack. Um, and the the other thing I notice is I don't see anybody else around. Um, I can't see down into like the driveway area, but I can see like the walkway. It's a, an outdoor walkway that goes to um, my apartment room. And I don't see anyone down that hall, but there's also another hall uh, on the perpendicular that I can't really see. So... That's all the information I really have. And so I don't see anybody. So I'm a little bit cautious and I open up the window and this woman's going a mile a minute. Like she is talking very quickly, but also very quietly and I'm also hard of hearing. Like I I have actual hearing loss, so it's a little hard for me to make out what she's saying. Um, But the only part that I really picked up was that she was running from a group of men. Like that's the, the, that's the phrase that really like, I really heard that stuck with me and I'm like running from a group of men and she's like, can you let me in? Let me in, please, please let me in. And something in my stomach tells me like, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trusting this at all. Um, so I tell her, I, I, I try and calm her down. I'm saying like, you know, just give me a minute. And I go back and I tell my girlfriend, you know, call the cops, et cetera. And, um, and then I go back to her and I talk to her and she's still like, she's still talking like so quickly every single time I go to the window and, um, she's like begging me to, to please, please, uh, let me in, let me in. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to hide something like that. And, uh, I, I, you know, my instinct is telling me not to open the door, but obviously, like, yeah. I'm sitting there, like, very much worried that this woman is, like, legitimately being attacked and stuff, and, like, I'm, am I just gonna leave her outside? And so I had to face this, like, high adrenaline, like, moral quandary of, like, do I let in, like, do do I potentially be the in person that doesn't save this life? The, yeah, doesn't save this person's life, right? And, um... And the, 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 I remember the thing that snapped to my head was my first priority is protecting my girlfriend. That is like priority number one. And that's the only thing that matters right now. And so I, I grab a butcher knife and I tell her, I go by the, the, the window and I tell her like, okay, 
like I, if somebody comes for you, I, I will help you, but I am not letting you in. Like, I, I don't know you. I don't like, you know, it's just a weird situation. It feels like a good compromise. I can't let you in. I said, don't worry. Like I've called the cops. I, I have a knife. I will come out and help you. Like, I will stand here with you. Like, I'll make sure nobody attacks you. Um, if they do, you know, I'll, I'll open the door and come out. And she, she's, she's like kind of nodding her head and kind of understanding. And then she, she says a few more things very quickly and she's like, okay, okay. I understand. I understand. And then it slips out. When I say that I, you know, don't worry, I call the cops. She says, I was running from the cops. <sighs> Motherfucker. Are you kidding me? You were running from the cops? The group of men that you were running from was the cops? Well, why would violence? And, and at that point, I'm just that. like, I'm just like, Jesus. And I'm just like, I'm like, well, no, I'm not letting you in to run from the cops. And, you know, sh God bless her. I like, I, I, there was, this wasn't a trap or anything. That, that was like the one of the biggest things that stood out to me. Everyone, when I wrote, I wrote about this on Twitter, I told a very brief part of that story and everyone referenced the purge which i've never seen uh me either so this is a yeah, reference lost but, on both but like the first thing i thought of was that this was a woman trying to get me to open the door and then other people were gonna like bum rush me sort of yeah deal, right and so like so then at that point like all relief goes through my system and i'm just like oh she's like she's She's running from the cops. This isn't like a trap or anything. And also there's not a guy that's coming to attack her that I might have to try and stab with a butcher knife sort of deal. Like all of that just floods into all this relief of just like, oh, okay, good. Well, this is, this is a fine scenario. I'm a little bit still worried because she does have a backpack and I don't know what's in the backpack if she has a gun or anything Pockets, like that. Man, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm still like a little bit wary, but I'm just like, you know, I, I can't let you in. Uh, I'm not going to. Uh, I called the cops. I'm not going to let you in to, to hide from the cops. Um, to, to be fair to her, I don't think, like, my, my judgment of her, she wasn't a threat. Um, she, I, I think, if I had to hypothesize, which I tried to talk to the cops about it, but they were talking to her for, like, a solid, like, 45 minutes or something. So I never really got the chance. I didn't want to interrupt their job sort of deal but now you're up in the middle of the night it's like the sun's yeah. gonna come out soon you're yeah like, exactly i had all this adrenaline i'm not going to sleep <laughs> i just want to know what what actually was going on if i had to guess uh i think she was probably on drugs and i think what happened is that she saw like cops somewhere and then got really paranoid and then booked it yeah you know and and then that caused a lot of commotion because i was not the only one to call to call the cops apparently and um and yeah, I mean, they, I saw them there search her backpack. They didn't before. immediately arrest her, so there was probably nothing in the backpack that was actually uh, of of any consequence. But yeah, that was my uh, that was crazy three nights. If you uh, lived like Christmas. one door over, yeah, but enough, dude. I would have slept through the night. <laughs> I would have gotten a lot more sleep that night. And then you know, and then uh, like like fourteen hours later, my girlfriend had to. To go out to LAX to, to fly LA. to Romania. <laughs> yeah. That's also <laughs> it's, it's been an eventful week. So that was my story. Dude, LA. I just wanted to tell that story in full because I only uh, put it on Twitter. And let me just say, uh, most people were very understanding of it, but there's always those few people, man, who, who <laughs> seem to think 
that if they were in a situation like that, they would have handled it better. Like I'm recollecting the story, and I think I handled it really well. I think you handled it really well. I don't. I think I would have ignored the woman. I feel like that would have been my base first mm. thing. Yeah. I, I I think that you handled it very well. The whole, hey, you're outside. I'm inside. If you need help, I'll help you. I'll stay here with you. Like That, that feels like a good compromise. Keeps you safe. Keeps her maybe calm. Because letting her in just feels like the wrong choice. Yeah. The least safe choice. Ew. Yeah, I remember sizing her up and thinking like, Okay, I, I'm, I'm like 99% sure I can take her. She doesn't look big. Like, I remember thinking that, like, if I do let this woman into my house and she is a threat, like, can I take her down sort of deal? And that was just that was such a weird, oh, God, that, that night was so weird. But that leads me into a small rant of, like, I, I, God, I just hate people who, like, dude, I put it on Twitter. It's 140 characters. I obviously didn't tell the whole story. But people are like, you know that, that was good and everything like because obviously i thought i thought the funny part was that she ended up running from the that she was running from the cops yeah that's the punchline that's, of the story the so that's part. what i told and and people you know there was there was one or two people who are like you know i can't help but thinking what if she was really you know running from a guy or something that was out to hurt her or something like i didn't say the part that i was holding a knife that i was sitting there watching it with her i didn't say any of that but of course people had to criticize in some way god it's the part that the internet drives me the batshit craziest is when people feel the need to criticize when they're very obviously don't know the whole story. And also the idea that people think that in these situations that they would have clear understanding. Because believe me, I was jacked up on adrenaline at that point. When when you are, are put into situations like that, and I've been in like only a couple of them, like uh, – the, the world is just a little different. Yeah. You know, you're like, you're just hopped up on adrenaline. Like, time, time moves a little slow. Yeah. Like I, I literally like probably about 10 minutes later after all this has happened and I hear her like uh, talking to the cops and she's like being kind of loud and there's there. The cops did a very good job. They just slowly talked her down. Um, I, I also went outside to make sure there was no. So a brief thought occurred to me. This is going to go back to L.A., by the way. <laughs> the home of, of police brutality. <laughs> a part of me thought to myself, what if she was running from the cops for a good reason? And, right. and the reason I'm going to, to say that um, is because of the fact that about, you know, I, I heard her kind of like talking to the cops that were in the driveway sort of deal talk, kind of. And they did a very good job of just slowly de-escalating the entire thing, talking her down in a calm voice, slowly getting her to like come out in the driveway. Everything's all good. They did a very good job de-escalating that entire situation. And um, I think there's obviously every terrible situation. Um, that like every abusive cop and that sort of thing always ends up on the headlines. This was a good uh, example of like good people just doing a, a good job. But I remember opening that this. door 10 minutes, like 10 minutes after this entire thing had gone down, I'm still hopped up on adrenaline. And I remember the bolt of me opening the door and like, just the like I remember this moment of like what if there's someone still out there you know when I opened the door I literally jumped <laughs> because that's just like it's so ridiculous but like when you're hopped on adrenaline that's like just everything's different you can't think straight all the time you know it sounds like you have the first half of a Black Mirror episode going on 
Like you're 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 one twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're one twist away from like a Black Mirror script. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go write that down. No, <laughs> the, the, the twist. The twist <laughs> is that I do let her into the apartment, and she was running from the cops. But I'm the real threat, or something like that. That would be the real. I'm this. I'm yep. the serial killer, or something. You're actually the monster. Yeah, that would be the. Dude, you had a gnarly. Oh, <laughs> At least your New Year's was chill. Oh yeah, I did nothing. Uh, my girlfriend wasn't home. We didn't get to spend uh, New Year's together, so I did nothing but play. But Dota what about all day. the kids? It's so important. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I hate fireworks. I hate loud noises. So that thinking about it makes sense. Yeah. So that's my story. Did you enjoy the story? I did. I I I really I. I forget that, you know, random shit like that just happens sometimes. Yeah. And a lot of times we're just clued off to the world of like, oh, there's like these things just happen. Yeah. And they happen infrequently and yeah, I, not to you. Like, it's yeah, probably I, never going to. No, <laughs> nothing like this has ever happened to me before. So, yeah, but like that's it's it's there's so many, you know, you're you're just uh Another part of her story now too, because she's gonna. Go yeah, I'm that asshole that sold her out to the cops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I still stuck. Me, the last thing that she said to me was "God bless you." You know, I think. Like, Praise God. Thanks. I was like, "Well, shit! I caught the cops on you, so <laughs> I'm glad you're forgiving." Hey Amen. And that's that's crazy. I'm just, I'm also thinking, I'm listening to your story and being like, you know, my apartment does have a gate. It'd be really hard for someone to get to my front door. Stuff like that. <laughs> yes. You have a nice gated apartment. Uh, mine opens out into like a busy street. But you're uh, not in a bad neighborhood. Yeah, I know. I, I live in Glendale. It's very nice. I never, <laughs> I, do, I like, I literally never have to worry about anything dangerous happening in Glendale. And yeah, then this one moment that, made me rethink that, of course. But, so, uh, you're you're of your better your better hero. I I I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have handled that as well. Almost certainly. I'm gonna hard transition. Okay. Into the questions that Sounds people good. sent us because I was also trying to think of a segue, being like, man, how can we connect these dots? And um, the answer the answer I, I didn't come up with one. Um, yeah. Let me workshop one. Be like, um, duh, you know, the the the, the cop sure did have a lot of questions for her. Just like, <laughs> just like Twitter had for us. There we go. See, we found it. I I only wanted to tell that story by the way because I'm trying to work on my storytelling, uh, in general. And if you think about it, being a commentator is just being telling kind of shitty stories, not really life impactful stories. So when I had a good story to tell, <laughs> you know, I really wanted to tell it uh, just because I'm trying to be better at it. I, th I, th I think it's good delivery. I, I like the uh, – I, I think when people try to learn how to tell stories, not that I'm an expert at all, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people at first like miss small details that ultimately are unimportant. Like yeah. I didn't need to know that you had a butcher knife or worn naked or <laughs> the exact way that your front door works to be able to see the person or not see the person. Yeah. But that's like the extra stuff that people don't think about that I really think makes that diff that difference when someone can be on stage and be compelling versus someone who is just like telling a story. Being a good storyteller is really a a a skill. It's and a muscle. You got to really practice yeah. it too. Blitz and uh Slacks. Those are two of the best storytellers in in Dota. And Slacks has so many great stories and he's so good at telling them. He's and really I just always admired both of them, so I've tried to work on that. 
Yeah. Questions? Yeah. Sorry. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I, I can't I'm find a second good segue. Man, we really butchered that connection like you almost did to that poor woman with your knife. God. My brain is broken. <laughs> Please tell me not to tell our stories. Oh, Jesus. Um, I also just realized that now I have to read people's names, which is a thing that is that is that is uh, that, that that's harder. Like like n- nuance, who I believe I want to say nuance, who I know has tweeted at both of us many times. So thank you for listening to the show. But it's N with two zeros, A and C, like nuance, okay. right? Yeah, like nuance. Yeah, I think that's, so. That's a clever name. It's like gonna it. oh man, or it's gonna just really blow back in my face. We're just getting a lot of publicity. Um, start starting off with I don't know. Do we even call us a softball? To, to know what the most useful Dota, in, Dota item in real life would be? Because it's like a hypothetical question. Yeah. How do you feel about hypothetical questions? Uh, no, I'm, I'm totally down with this. We've uh, we've talked about this plenty of times as talent. Uh, I remember, distinctly remember a late night car ride with me, Blitz, Milk. Um, and this was in the days of joined Dota. And this was one of the conversations we had. Uh, it wasn't item. It was uh, what hero ability. Okay. Would you take? Uh, and, I, and I think it tells a little bit about your personality, though there's really only like three good answers. Is it only three good answers? Yes. Okay. So let me. <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. Do <laughs> I have ahead. one of them? Because it's definitely okay. something a lot about my personality. Sure. When I, when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about which item can I use to best monetize. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. use uses like a uses something else to either help other people uh-huh. or a, as as a profit center. Sure. And I think that if I had a mechanism, mm-hmm. I can just heal people all the time. Okay. Which would, I mean, I can just undercut healthcare prices, <laughs> right? <laughs> like like it could be a bit. Yeah. People would walk up to me yeah. every so many seconds, just press it and be like, okay, there's a little bit of health back, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, great. Literal fountain of youth, or someone like Jeff Bezos, I can be like his private mechanism person, uh-huh. and no one else can have it but him. But I'll have so much money. So you're not gonna do, do the urn of shadows? No, <laughs> where you go into the hospital, wait for someone to die, and then turn that healing back into two other people. That's the dark part of it, Joey. No, I, I don't want to be dark. I, I mean, I, I don't need more people to die. I, I don't care about people living or dying. I don't care about healing people. I care about the money aspect. I think the okay. mechanism is the best item to, to monetize. Okay. Um, my, Was that one of the three that's acceptable? Uh, well, I haven't thought about items so much, okay. but I think okay. that, that that is one of the ones that people always go to is mech. Um so, uh, can I ask you what hero ability would you choose? Because that one only has really good, three good answers. Um, God, I, oof, I would, um, that was enjoyable for someone, right? That, that sound of noises. It's an ASMR podcast. Um, it's. I I'll give you mine. Yes, it's Furion teleport. That's the one that I was. Yes. You know, it's gonna sound lamer than I was. No, it's, thinking it. It's 100 Furion teleport. It seems like it's the most practical. Yes, there might is. be some that I think are better. Maybe. So the other options uh, uh, that I have heard or I've also considered myself is that uh, Weaver's uh, time lapse. So you can always prevent 
bad things happening to you sort of deal. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so okay. like in any time like you were to, you know, say like Not off the building, teleporting. you could time lapse yourself yes. back onto the building sort of deal. Right. Um, yeah. Those are. Uh, so that probably wouldn't work for like instant death. Though. Like if I got hit by a train, I'm like, boom. Right. Like. Yeah. So I, I, so you would you would just have to see your, your death coming fast enough. I to guess. It, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one. Uh, TP seems like the blink, blink dagger and boots of travel or to the, the or sorry, uh, teleport and blink, which same thing for items, boots of travel and blink dagger, are like the common responses. So the uh, and and for me, like I I love my life. Uh, I think I have a very good life. The only part I don't like is traveling. So boots of travel would make everything a lot easier. <laughs> Unless there was like dumb rules about it, like you can only travel to like certain random buildings. You're like, fuck. I mean, like, I, if I, I could to go only to Romania. teleport to buildings, right? If I could only teleport to buildings, like, like let's say airports, <laughs> that's fine with me as long like they have a shuttle, they can pick me up. I don't care about that. I don't have to teleport straight to the venue, just not the flying aspect itself. It would just be useful for like, man, I really like, I forgot eggs at the market. Yeah, that sort of thing too. Like, I feel like I'd, I'd almost think about it more like that than anything else yeah um tfg joda asked me that we touched upon very lightly in the episode other uh, wow holy i think i just had a stroke um i smell toast um uh tfg dota said uh that you know the hot topic on reddit is that uh valve should start caring about the declining player base and i think that oh, we yeah. debunked that last time that uh or debunked is the wrong word but no, yeah it's it's more complicated than that but advertisements would be cool yeah, I think uh, they should have always cared about the new player base. Unfortunately, it did not seem to. They just didn't have the people or whatever to support it. Um, and really, who any? They didn't have any people who wanted to take that project on. Clearly, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a boring project, right? Like if you're in the best <laughs> in your field, you're you like some of the best people in their field work at Valve, right? If you're in the best in the field, you're not thinking about that sort of thing. So yeah. how can we make the game better? How can we optimize the back end? Like, what can we do? What's cool with the network? Not yeah. how do we get more people to play it? Which, it's, you know, in like, interestingly, if you look back on it, maybe they should have had, maybe they need to hire someone who's best in their field <laughs> at getting people to play a game. Right. Yeah. Sup artifact. Um, the, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, um, unfortunate the the fact that he never did support the newer player player base but i honestly don't know how impactful it would be now they did it five years ago i think it could have made a real impact i think it could have made a real impact i can't say for sure um but i think it's a lot less likely that it would be impactful now amen um yeah you know and i i think you should still kind of do it because Dota is still going to go on for honestly probably another five to eight years. I feel that very strongly. As an esport, it's it's easily got another three to four years. Whenever StarCraft dies, by the way, this is this is my marker. Whenever StarCraft finally dies, that's how I know Dota will have only two to three years left. Okay. That is, that is literally so the marker. Isn't dead yet? Yes, that is the marker for me as a commentator of like at what point in time can I no longer do this as a job. And then I look at the StarCraft II talent, which is a much smaller scene, and I say, those guys are still able to do it. I'm still going to be able to do it for Dota. So I'm not worried. Not yet. But there is a ripcord somewhere. Yeah, there's a ripcord somewhere. Um, which Arabelle goes, uh, Cap, please say Ruby, you're so cute live on air. Uh, also... <laughs> 
That's not a question. It's not a question. So, I mean, it's a demand, and I feel like we didn't ask for demands. We asked for questions. <laughs> so, um, what weakness would you want out of Devoid Spirit? Um, I can't talk. So, there are so many options, but I think to maintain the uniqueness of the hero... I will say, leave all the abilities by themselves. Make him as mobile as you want him to be. He's a slippery guy. He can go wherever he want. He's got a lot of magic damage. Uh, I think you just lower his stats. I think you. I think he has way too high of strength gain. I think he gets way too tanky. Um, I think his... Like, you could nerf his strength enough that you could probably keep the shield, the physical damage shield that he gets from his E. Uh, the numbers that it currently has, but my biggest problem is is that even if you do manage to get a stun on him, you'll run out of chain stun and then he will get away, and that's very frustrating to finally catch that hero and then him not dying. So too much. Because he's raw too HP. tanky. Yeah, he's he's got way too much raw HP. So that would be the easy one. And what what was I supposed to say? Ruby, you're so cute. I think it was something like that. Yeah, that's what it was. All right, you, uh, you got the soundbite forever now. That it just you, you better, you better, you better give us a five star review on the podcast. Thank you, Apple iTunes Store. Five stars. Thank you very much. I don't care if you don't have an Apple product. You'll know. You know somebody you better does. make an account and five stars. I don't own an Apple product. I reviewed the show. <laughs> um, this dude named uh, Toby Wandota said. Uh, I think I've heard of him. I don't know. He has a uh, one of those check marks on Twitter. Yeah, but sometimes people have check marks when they, they only really have like five hundred right? people. Yeah, oh. it's like five hundred followers. It's like yeah, who is this guy? So yeah, they, he's probably one of them. I don't know why they just give them the Dota casters. It seems like fucking arbitrary, but yeah. whatever. I don't care. <laughs> um, <clears throat> dedicated Dota Two Studios is how Dota was founded. Is there a need for them now? They're gone. Um. So he says, keep in mind the RU options and the stability of viewership in that region. I do think it's really good. Uh, I think the studio system is very good for viewers. Um, to elaborate on this, I, I think that it works for the CIS region in particular because they are more centralized. And there's just a lot more opportunities from what I understand. Um, the very large viewership offers some opportunities to be able to do more, but also like, you know, the CIS tournaments that are kind of always going on, you know, they can do that because there's a viewer base to really back it. Um, but maybe that would have been possible with English viewers, right? Maybe there would be more people than just like 2000 watching the main cast winter brawl that I casted this morning. Um, if we actually had dedicated English studios that were covering this and creating a good product for it, that I think is a real, um, that could have been a real future where we had, uh, more people caring funny enough about the tier two scene because they're willing to watch it because they know there's a good product that's actually supporting it. Good, like good commentators backing it up, uh, panelists that are interesting and funny that you want to listen to or experts that are going to teach you about the game. Um, you know, all those sorts of things that, that would legitimately, that is very real that that would build viewership for our esport. Unfortunately, um, the English viewing talent are very decentralized um if we're in the u.s we're all over the u.s uh those not in the u.s are in europe and they're all over europe 
And so we aren't all in one place. And I don't think any of us are really willing to be in one place. And uh, I think that is very natural. The That talent want to be independent because that is the same way that the um, that's the same way that actors started out in Hollywood, right? If you go back to the early days of Hollywood, actors were originally tied to studios, right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 like you totally know about this, yes, right? Being yes. a producer and stuff. So they were they were tied to studios at that time, so they could only work on studio. You don't projects. Want to do Universal things, you don't do right. things because and, that's the actor. And at some point in time, the the actor themselves becomes big enough that. They they go, why do I need to only be tied to one studio when people will hire me for anything because I'm a great actor and I have a, a large fan base that is going to follow me. So naturally, actors all became independent. Now no one's tied to a studio really, right? No, no, no actor's tied to a studio, right? If, if, you're, if, if, you're, if you're a big enough actor in Hollywood, no, you're yeah. not tied to a studio. If you are like a mid to big actor in Hollywood, you're tied to an agency, and the right. agencies have a lot of pull with studios, so it yeah. still kind of exists in a, in a very weird roundabout back channel way. Mm-hmm. But um, that's, you know, you can say like the same group of people are normally doing BTS events, right? Yeah, So for sure. You know, that's uh, and I think that is just natural for uh, in any sort of talent field, uh, the tier one, the best of the talent, well, not even best, but like the people who are most followed or whatever, um, the the people at that tier one level have the power to be able to have the independent nature Mm -hmm. and and there's nothing unless they make the product right like bts does where bts casters became the studio became the people throwing the tournament and you know ld obviously had much much grander plans than just dota um you know i think it's natural every every talent industry is always going to kind of follow that same line from a from a business perspective it's interesting because if you want to do something that could be if you want to call it a tier two studio for lack of a better name because it's not a bts you're just focusing on dota you're just doing these events that the other tournaments don't have the money to pay a bts pgl esl what have you to do right so so moonduck Yes. Right, right. So, so, so like, so like a moon duck, you, um, you, you have like a, what's, what's the end game of a studio like that? Because as a business, do you just want to be a business that is like shoehorning itself into only being a small studio that just does one hyper specific thing? That might be great for what four to seven people maybe who can just be that studio that can be their full-time thing but not if you want to work in other games or do other things or expand so it's it's like you're you're intentionally starting a, a small nichier business and being okay with that yeah and and then naturally if um like a moonduck example right is that say say moonduck was like a they were all in the same house sort of deal. <laughs> and say for some reason, like uh, somebody like Trent could only work Moonduck events, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, him and Lyrical or, or you know, me and him, like uh, we get the opportunity to be able to, to work TI or that sort of thing, a non-Moonduck event. 
Moonduck's paying for Trent's salary. They're requiring a percentage of what he's making at TI or something like that. The numbers don't shape up sort of deal. It's just like once the, the that small like second tier studio of second tier talent, once one person gets big enough, it doesn't really make sense for almost either side to be tied together anymore like that, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of the reason why Moonduck is not the, that kind of studio that we're talking about where they're all like in one house and they're all very tightly aligned. They only work, you know, X events. Uh, it's more like a, a loose conglomeration, but it's... Um, yeah, like a production company yeah. more so than like a... And, and you know, that's what happened to Join Dota at some point in time, right? It, bec- it made fi- more financial se- uh, sense for all of us um, for, excuse me, for me, uh, Toby, and for Blitz, uh, for the three of us to be independent because financially the security, this, the salary was not worth the exchange of being tied to one studio, being able to work as many events as we would get hired for and being able to keep 100% of that pay. Right. And, and it was hard for, for them as a studio for us to argue that we want to be able to keep like say a hundred percent of our, our, our rate. Okay. But they're also paying us salary at that same time. We're not working for them at that same. Yeah. It's like, it's like a very messy situation. I don't think either side really walks away uh, happy with, and this is me approaching it with the maturity of, you know, that being several years ago. Uh, Obviously, at the time that I left joined Dota, I was a little bit more heated. Because <laughs> that's who I am. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. But it, you, you can get someone fired so from a hotel. In the ideal in the ideal world, uh, like studios would be the best for for I think Dota 2, uh, for the esports, for growing viewership, for all those sorts of things. Um not necessarily best for the talent. It'd be best for the talent if like, you know. Turner came along and said, we want to build a Dota 2 studio and hired a bunch of tier one talent and paid us all extreme amounts of money. And yeah. Not out of the question. Yeah. I mean, to, like, uh, like I, these things are like things are happening in esports. Like, look at the Call of Duty League. Look at the Overwatch League. I think Overwatch League is um, a, for all the shit. Like a lot of people can give Overwatch League. I think the product itself that they made around the game is actually very good. Yes. Right. Like, absolutely. Like I think they hired like really good talent. They made I think the talent make more of that esport than many other esports, if not all other esports, in, in like a weird way because they the talent sort of came first, in a way, and they hired like really premier good talent that were already good at their jobs before you know like the actual game. They also hired a lot of their Hollywood insane people. Holy crap. Like. Yeah. A lot of a lot of esports events and producers and production has like come from a grassroots place. Mm-hmm. Like people who worked at ESL when ESL got bigger, people who were doing esports since they were in high school, right? But Overwatch League was like, hold on, we have the money to pay people in Los Angeles from Hollywood to come in, so they have that whole prestige too, which is just yeah. you know they, they they got the look, they got the people. It's I think you know to, I guess to to circle back to what Toby's saying, I think that there could be. A very small market hole for like an English studio for a very, very small group of people. Like if there was, if there was a group of three to four people who both were able to, you know, live together and 
produce these events and not make big bucks for it, but make their money and cast them and produce them and like treat themselves like a production company mm-hmm. and like a startup. I think that there is that that could be cool. I think that the people could latch on to something that was like, a, oh, hey, I'm really excited to watch these people start their new studio because there almost isn't underdogs to root for in the production space. Mm. I think that there could be people in Dota who'd be like, oh, I like watching these, or almost for the same reason you'd want to watch an up-and-coming caster, because you're like, I like I like Moxie a lot. Mm. So maybe there's like a very niche way to do it, but but by and large, you know, with, with, with a BTS or ESL or anyone else just taking up so much of the market space, how do you even try and get any headspace in America? Yeah. It's funny that Toby asked this question because I feel like the OG caster probably has the best thoughts of of anybody. The the first Dota 2 caster who got hired by a studio in the first place and also left that studio, you know, like... He might be telling us, he might be like in a car somewhere being like, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> or like, wow, really insightful. <laughs> Since I don't know the answer, I'm going to pretend it's the latter. But <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. It would also be interesting to just hear Toby's take or just other people's take too because yeah. I'm sure that everyone has very different perspective on this. I'd, I'd like to hear the perspective of someone who isn't at all involved and just watches if they would just be like, no, of course not. Why would I watch this when I can just watch the BTS stream? I don't care about pleb opinions, <laughs> Joey. <laughs> I do. They keep me up at night. Someone, <laughs> someone said I looked fat the other day. <laughs> Man. Um, it's Cameron Bloom has a question for you for cap which thing in his your career does he slash you feel has attributed most to your success like advice person lifestyle change choice uh is there like a marker you what is the one thing that really um made me successful um i would say okay so earlier i said like everybody from join dota um, not everybody from Join Dota left. Gareth still works at Join Dota, um, and he still casts Dota. And I still think he is a good commentator. Um, he got a lot of hate from the community, and that hate never really resolved itself. Um, sadly, and I, I like, I think he's good at his job, and I don't think I'm great at my job. I don't know why I was able to make it as successfully as I did and other people were not. Um, that That is like the one thing is like I get to always compare myself to other people who weren't able to make it like really into the tier one space like I am. And I, I honestly, there's uh, like a lot of little things that I think I did pretty well, but um you know, there's a lot of things that I don't think my commentating is like, I could still really improve. And the one thing I will say is that I think I had a lot of perseverance. Um, I don't know if this is exactly what it's asking for, but like, you know, I got flamed to shit just like, uh, just like Gareth did and Gareth, Gareth put it up with it really well. Uh, I think I just, one, first of all, I came earlier than he did, so there was open space for me to work. Two, I got a dedicated caster in Blitz. Um, Blitz really likes to joke that he made my career. Um, and 
I I would obviously vehemently deny that if you ask me seriously, but I also do think that um, being with Blitz uh, helped my career a significant amount, and I think I was honestly just really lucky in a lot of ways. Very blessed uh, to have Blitz join join Dota, that he wanted to cast with me, that we made a good duo together, um, that you know, just a, a lot of things worked. It's a so, series a lot of things of luck. that any of them yeah. could have gone wrong at any time. Uh, yeah, you I, and Blitz could have not liked each other. You could have not gotten yeah. to join Dota things. Some tournament organizer. Maybe there's like a tournament organizer. Yeah, like, maybe you know, ESL really One like Frankfurt doesn't hire me. James Lampkin um, was the one who like kind of stuck it out and said that, you know, this guy who's being hated on by Reddit right now, uh, we we want to give him a chance. And they hired me. You know, like that was the first event that I that I ever worked. And I was obviously that was in the full hatred cycle of me. And I got the chance to work on a main event. I think I performed well under the, the pressure of the circumstances. I think I did pretty well. I worked well with the other talent. I was a hard worker. Um, you know, I, I did all those things. Uh, there, like there's little things like um, like I'm good at the game. So I made that part of my brand. Um, the the MMR climb that I did was that that was partially branding. That was like uh, a that was a idea of I know I'm good enough to analyze this game, and I'm doing a lot of solo casting. And Twitch chat, 2K Twitch chat is is flaming me all the time, telling me I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so how do I prove that I know what I'm talking about? Well, there's a very easy way. There's this number in Dota 2 yeah, show that represents how, how big my penis is. If you're 2K, you have a very small penis. If you have 6K, it's very large. So uh, I, I legitimately so I can make it like, it, like I would go and I would cast and then I would go home and I would grind. And I would, I would increase my MMR. I don't even know how much better I got at Dota, but all I know is the number went up. And the number made me more credible and it became a brand and it became a meme, which I did sort of plan out. It worked better than I anticipated, but it worked kind of the way I thought it would, which is if I can say, or if somebody else could say, actually, if one of my fans could say, hey, he's actually 6K, maybe you should think about it. That person goes, holy shit, he's 6K? Like, what the fuck? And so I, I grinded. I grinded to 6K, I grinded to 7K. That was one thing that I think helped my career a lot. I dressed very nice. I, I legitimately in, in a time where people weren't. Yes, that, I, that's I put important. in the effort to dress better than other people at that time, because I part of it's my personality coming from the military, and, and also my father kind of instilled this in me. Is like it's also a psychological thing as well. You look good, you feel good, sort of deal. Dress right? well, test well. Yeah, it's like the, those sort of things all kind of work, right? So if I show up, I, I want to be professional at my job, I show up looking like a professional, right? And that's just sort of the, the ethic that I had. Um, but that that obviously like went really well because then obviously people are, I grow beard for God's sakes. That probably helped me another 10 points. Yeah, silly things. It's it's really it's weird wild. to try yeah. and look back and like trace things. How much of that was intentional? How much of that was luck? I don't really know. So like luck, perseverance, and a little bit of like actually having the forethought to plan stuff seems like a secret formula that works in a lot of places. Honestly. Yeah, isn't that isn't that the the uh, the uh, that saying that always gets spammed is is that. Um was it something about like uh, success and luck and it's just about like being prepared for the luck that comes your way and you know 
I feel like I've seen that on a pillow once. Like I was, I was in a Marshalls, and I'm like, oh yeah, that is, that is deep. But but no. my brain's too fried to think of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, honestly, it's just a lot of luck and hopefully utilizing that luck. Yeah, being prepared for luck is yeah. is important, and knowing people and having, and it always helps to have someone in a position of power who likes you. Yeah, uh, I mean, I got hired by Valve uh, as well, right? Like ESL One hired me. And I think because ESL1 hired me and I did well enough at that tournament, Valve hired me for TI4 group stage. And then I think I did well enough at TI4 group stage that they in turn hired me at TI5 main event. So on and so forth. And the wheel keeps on turning. Yeah. Um, Math Magician 10. Uh, will Cap throw around a water bottle while casting with Trent or will it be syrup instead? <laughs> well, you can't put syrup in a bottle. It's got to be in one of those glass deals, right? Uh, you get like some Aunt Jemima's. I feel like that'd be hard to sling around. Oh, that's true. I could squeeze it out on him. Squeeze it out on him. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's probably writing for a for a. I feel like Trent. Trent would take it better than Blitz would, but it's also syrup as opposed to water. So maybe Trent would take it worse than Blitz would. More slapstick. More slapstick in our cast. Just yeah. <laughs> for uh, for anybody who uh, has ever seen that gif uh, and sees Blitz reacting very poorly, it's because he didn't know it was me throwing the water around. <laughs> he just thought mid cast that a fan came up behind us and threw water on us, and he's like, "What the hell? What kind of?" bullshit is this like fans are dumping water on me while i'm trying to do my job <laughs> man uh yeah you know he's, he's he's got some real heat now that people are excited in the audience um game maniac 36 has a question that i inherently <laughs> have a problem with um who would win in a fight Dota capitalist with barehanded versus leaf eater with any one Dota item. So I feel like there's some inherent bias in this question <laughs> in the sense that I would need. Yeah. Why don't I need the item? <laughs> Joey's a dangerous guy. You don't know what he's you're, like off camera. I have no idea. How do you a, think he got me on this podcast in the first place? He a, bullied me into it. I'm a big boy. <laughs> oh, that's gonna make me sound more fat. God damn it! I'm a strong boy. Okay, I know. I know. Blitz is really proud to like go to the gym. Probably don't like, call yourself a boy. That's that would be step one. What? Oh, big boy, strong boy. Like neither one of those are masculine. Boy with an eye. I'm a strong man. Oh, that sounds. That sounds. Uh, doesn't sound cool. <laughs> big boy. A big boy. And I'll like blitz. I'll like go to the gym and he'll be like, hey, can you take a video of me and look at me? I look up with these strong weights. I just do that every day. You don't need to, you don't need to show it to people. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I assume that, uh, I assume the cap is probably, uh, well, I, I'm more interested in what, what item would you choose? I mean, I guess does it come with like a like its its inherent power? No, let's say like it a, doesn't because we have no idea how to quantify that exactly. So just based off the aesthetic, what item would you choose? Um, mm, probably one that's like like you can actually handle. There's nothing that's like so. There's like Monkey regular monkeying bars isn't existing. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I mean, what about claymores? Broadswords. I, I I guess I don't just have a There's picture of how big they are. The Reaver right? is an axe. I mean, just assume they're a regular, like, I, Claymore is a big-ass sword. A broadsword is a smaller sword. I'd, I'd probably take a small sword. I'd, I'd probably take something that, that's a little cutty. Maybe like an Iron Talon. I feel like that'd be dirty. 
I feel like an iron towel would be really dirty like that. That would that would scrape and claw. What is the iron towel? Yeah, I was I was thinking the claws of attack. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that, 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 that was actually the first thing I thought of. Bla- blade we should just go all fucking Wolverine on my ass. Yeah, that'd be bad. Um, I assume that with military, you probably have a more formal idea of how to hurt someone. Uh, um, and I feel that you can probably get pretty, uh, if, if, if need be pretty, pretty hot and, 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 and scrappy. Some people always ask me about these questions, the who would win in a fight, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the, the truth is, is that I have some training in combat. Um, you know, I've, I've been in a fight. Uh, I know what that experience is like. Uh, and I think people who haven't been in a in an actual fight like an, an actual you don't know what's going to happen fight um what they don't realize is you don't know what's going to happen <laughs> that that's the secret of it doesn't matter how big or small the person is you don't know what's going to happen yeah. because you like there's a lot of things into it first of all like you know, some weird stat about like 90 percent of fights are won by the person who goes first yeah. You know, like the, the person who punches first, the other person gets d- dazed while the other person just has a hurt hand, you know, like that person, you know, uh, is obviously at a big disadvantage. Also, like, uh, like <laughs> so here's another one. I'm going to link it back to the earlier podcast with Charlie. Do you remember this? The Blitz Zoe oh, thing? Oh. <laughs> who has more stamina? <laughs> oh, poopy. <laughs> <laughs> but another thing, what people underestimate is the power of shitting your pants. <laughs> no, the splits and so we fight. Fuck, I forgot. I got to clip that out and send that to him. Um. <laughs> the, um, the, 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 what was I saying? Oh, um, uh, no, it's not stamina that, that uh, stamina matters in a fight. Uh, but what matters more is weight. Weight matters a lot in a fight. Like, and. And then again, just like you run it the simulation a hundred times, there's a lot of shit that can happen. Who knows? You would have to be like the the only people who are really confident about fights are people like uh, like Fly, who have like years and years of martial arts training of Formal, Rob McGraw, crazy martial arts. Yeah, like and and he's also like a, a big dude. Like he's very strong. In, in every kind of way. Like, I've seen all the body exercises he does. And so he's just strong all around, and he's very well-trained. Like, for years and years and years and years. That's the only people who can ever be confident about which way a fight's going to go. Anybody else who says anything else, they're lying to you. So the truth is, I have no idea how a fight would go. But if he has a sword, I'm probably losing. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> Or anything. Yeah. Blades of attack. Well, Freddy Krueger. I fight dirty, too, so I have no problem just cheating. Like, that doesn't bother me even the slightest. And I think I might have more weight on you, too. That, that could be a real thing. I think I'm, I'm uh, I, need, I need to stop. I'm, like, at 200. We're going to go back down soon. It's time to cut. Okay, we're, we're kind of close. Kind of close? We're- You're probably, like, what, two inches taller than me? I am uh, six foot. Yeah, yeah, you like to install me. <laughs> oh, I'm just a short boy. I'm, I'm, I'm a short boy who needs a sword. You're 5'10. <laughs> You're not short. My roommates say they're Jesus. yelling at uh, Being in Dota, though, makes you feel short. Yeah, everyone's tall. Everyone's, everyone's tall. Everyone's kind of pretty. It's gross. Um, <laughs> uh, uh. 
Uh, uh, where would you love to see the minor tournaments take place? Are you interested in bringing the Dota Pro Circuit somewhere like South America or Australia? Can WSG uh, in Brazil be a showcase for a DPC tournament in South America? Is a so, question for LG Meta. So I always, I kind of love these questions because I'm always kind of interested in what they think I'm going to respond. <laughs> like you think I'm going to be like, no, I don't want to go anywhere south of Texas. Like, like, of course, I would love to go to South America for uh, minor and major. I don't think that any, I don't think we should have just a minor in South America. I think South America, from everything I understand, I've never been to South America, but everything I understand, I imagine the fans are going to be very similar to Southeast Asia in the aspect of the raw enthusiasm uh, that is going to be there in, uh, oh, be for the fair. game. It would be hype. Peru or Brazil, either way, would be uh, mega hype. I would love to have... Um, a minor and major there. The reason I say not minor and major is because they're obviously very close together and I wouldn't want to have a South America minor and a Russian major or something like that. Uh, but I, I would like probably to see do tight like events. Texas and like Brazil. Yeah, sure. Probably like Texas and South yeah. Paul. That's not crazy. Yeah, I think that would be sick if we had some sort of North American uh, minor or major and South American minor or major uh, combination. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, sadly, the current tournament system is just weird it's weird and it costs people money to do it so like i, I really want people to be rewarded to get both a minor and a major that's like that's been on my list for so long if you get a major you get a minor worth going i think you should uh eventually do an event in australia but i think australia is just really logistically hard to travel in between yeah so uh, it's hard for everyone to get to because these companies have to move all their equipment down there yeah I, uh, I got an offer to do an event uh, in Australia. It was for very substandard rates uh, because it was a small event, and I totally understood why, and I would have loved to go. Um, but for me personally, it just wasn't worth the time investment of going all the way out to Australia so for, for very little money in, in a time where I was traveling a lot. And, and also, like, there's weird things like rate standards and when you should cut that down and at what point are you taking opportunities from tier two and tier three talent, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, instead, Slacks went <laughs> and he had a honeymoon no there. He had a honeymoon and stuff. So it worked very nicely for him. One day they'll, they'll do, they'll, I think they'll get a minor eventually. Yes. Let, let, I, let's I would love to, the Auckland, yes. New Zealand minor. That might be a, I would love to go to Australia for a minor or major for like a big event. Um, Kenneth, chili cheese fries or poutine? Also noting that In-N-Out uh, animal fries from In-N-Out can get fucked. Oh, yeah. In-N-Out have bad fries. Oh, thank you. Thank oh, I you. thought you were going to defend it, no, <laughs> Mr. No, LA. I, I'm a, I'm a fry garbage. person. In-N-Out has bad fries. Ooh, mm, oh, you see fries. them make the potatoes. They they fucking they pick them up from the ground and they then they take all the husks off and they smash them and they fry. It's bad. In and out will always have sub sub tier fries, bottom tier fries. They taste like styrofoam. Also, there's no flavor there if whatsoever. You, if you do have to have In and Out fries, the pro tip is to ask for them well done, because I've I think they, they 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 hold up better if they're a little extra crispy. Mm. They're like palatable. Palatable. I know people love. I don't like crunchy fries. fries though. That's people like animal style. For if you don't know, you can order from In and Out and have something be animal style. And it, like if you're gonna have like melted cheese and a bunch of spread and some grilled onions on your fries, that's like the thing. A lot of people love it. 
I hate pickles and yeah, and uh, and the animal style just tastes like pickles because that's what In-N-Out spread is. So yeah. In-N-Out fries and animal style is trash. Um, I like. I love poutine. Poutine's very good. I don't like chili, so you know. <laughs> my favorite chili cheese fry uh-huh. is better than my favorite poutine. Okay, but an average poutine is better than an average chili cheese fry. That is a better take than mine because I just don't like chili. <laughs> Easy answer. Um, it's funny that uh, an ad C is like episode with Kyle Wynn. It'll almost certainly be released before this one is. So, <laughs> uh, um, there's just a couple more left, and we should really, we should really kill this. We should just stab it dead. Uh, bolt, bolt easy. Uh, differences you and Leaf Eater had growing up or more about pre-Dota stuff. <laughs> Let's cut it short. The most open-ended question of all time. Differences that you and Leaf Eater had growing okay. up. Let's take this. Let's, let's take this simple. What What did you want to be growing up? Oh fuck! I I didn't at any point in time. Like Ooh. this could be teenager years or whatever. I I I originally went to school for computer science. There was a long period of time where I'm like, I'm just gonna be like a programmer. Mm-hmm. So I went I went to like a pretty okay school in a suburban m- mostly white and latinx neighborhood mm-hmm. um and got a good education and had parents who were lower middle class and mm-hmm. don't have a lot to complain about as a cis white male um okay very similar very similar so yeah i don't know what the difference is pretty much pretty much all of this is the exact same i grew up in a wider part of town than you did very likely because uh I also, uh, I, I grew up in, uh, uh, I went through private, private school. Okay. Were you public? Yeah, it was public. Yeah. Big, I went to, uh, my family is originally, uh, Adventist Christian. I don't think I've heard of that one Okay. Before. So Adventist Christians are the ones that believe that, uh, God was, uh, coming for what, what, what is that? What is that term? Calendars. Uh, no, no, no. What's the What's the term where he takes everyone to water, heaven? Water, wine, no. rapture. You're the rapture. Thank you. That the, the, they did the math of the Bible or whatever the hell is in Revelations. I guess uh, they did the math, and there was uh, the they actually did the math to it being x x date and whatever, and that was in like 1960 something or whatever. <clears throat> uh, so that's the Seventh Day Adventists who go to church on Saturday, um, who take parts of the Old Testament, best Testament, Joey. You know, like, you know, most, most modern Christians follow the New Testament. The Adventists will take bits and pieces of the Old Testament. Uh, for the most part, they're just known for going to church on Saturday and mostly being vegetarian. Was your family vegetarian? Like, as in we weren't allowed to eat pork. Um, okay. And so as a result, most modern-day Adventists uh, will oftentimes just be vegetarian. more Like, a choice sort of deal. Eating pork is bad because that's in the Old Testament. Like, that sort of thing. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I am not religious anymore. Uh, but I grew up going through private Christian school and elementary. And then I went to one year of private uh, Christian high school before I before my parents divorced and then I went to public school for the rest of my high school. 
So my parents are still together. They should okay. definitely be divorced. Though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> similar. Okay, so similar experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit. I hope your parents don't listen to this podcast. There's no way that's going to happen. Mom, I'm sorry, but like, if you really do some introspective thought, you probably know that I'm right. Um, it, uh, and uh, I, I grew up completely without religion in a town that was like California is mostly a blue state or for uh -huh. people who don't follow American politics because this is actually an international podcast which is kind of cool uh, like like they're they're a little bit more liberal uh -huh. a, a lot bit more liberal <laughs> and and I grew up in in a little like nugget of red yeah um, and while my parents were a little bit more conservative, one of the things that uh, everyone else was and we weren't was religious. So that was that was an interesting. I grew up just devoid of it and never really understood a lot of it. Where mm -hmm. everyone else I talked to like had these either strict schedules or church or all these beliefs, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay, so uh, here's a hometown story for me. I grew up in, uh, or I I moved. I used to live around the Seattle area, but. When parents divorced uh, during high school, I moved to a place called Longview, Washington, where the rest of my mom's side of my family lives. And you can, I think you can look this up. Um, the founder of Longview is a man named R.A. Long. Uh, there is a statue as well as a high school for him. And as far as I understand, he was a vehement racist. Longview was settled by uh, a bunch of Southerners who moved up north. Uh, to Washington State and settled that town. Um, that that city, uh, my my best friend in high school. Is this where you went to high school? Uh, that was not where I went to. High oh, okay, school. okay. I went I went to Kelso, but um, I lived in Longview. The uh, my best friend, um, his father was a he was on the city council um, for Longview. And in some of the code um, for some of the neighborhoods, there is still uh, rules in there about uh, black people not being allowed to live in that neighborhood. <laughs> that code was never taken out, but it still exists. And the, the reason it's still there is people just kind of figure it's more of a hassle to take it's it really out. It's hard and, to change the oh, – yes. and that, that – and uh, Longview has a very nice man-made lake. And one day I was walking um, that man-made lake. Uh, I think it was probably when I was trying to get ready to join the Marine Corps. And uh, I remember this very clearly. There was uh, two girls in front of me uh, pretty pretty long distance away. And, um, and I'm running, kind of catching up to them. And a guy walks past past them going the opposite direction towards me and he's shirtless and I see the girls as he passed by the girls look backwards okay. and they kind of talk to themselves and it's a shirtless guy so I'm thinking like oh they're they're like you know, like go, giggling go, about go like how hot that guy was or something like that. And, and I'm, of course, like, things. why couldn't that be me? And uh, and then the guy uh, passes my path and I see exactly what those girls were talking and uh, and whispering to each other about. The man had a goddamn Nazi symbol on his chest where you live. And he was just out there in day 
daylight, totally shirtless, walking around like that. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I don't like being a white person because so. it, because it, it makes me sad that that I man that's you lived there. Yeah. So needless to say, I lived in a very 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 white part of town that was also uh, yeah. more uh, conservative. Because that, that's where the uh, that's where the paper plants are. I uh, I worked in an industrial paper plant, so I worked a regular job. I worked a blue collar job, and I also was in the military as well. So I have the life experience uh, to understand how cushy my job is. To also tell people to shut the hell up because my job is still stressful, even if it's a nice job. People don't always want to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> because it's nice, that means it can't be bad. Imagine complaining about cash and you're talking about video games. Dude, you gotta go. Yeah. You gotta go all fucking airplanes. Um, I want to rifle through just just the last few. <laughs> just 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 real quick now. Um, uh, Slappy bag uh, wants to know if, if we think Dota All Stars and the Warcraft that Reforged will impact Dota Two at all. No. Yeah. I I. I foresee people wanting to play it for a novelty purpose, but like it'll never be as good as what Valve can do. Yeah. So no. Unless for some reason Ice Frog has a fight with Gaben and he leaves Valve and decides to go back to making Dota in the Warcraft. I would want to believe that there has to be contracts in place where that couldn't happen. But like, hold what <laughs> what a fun story that would be. Uh, that would be Imagine like if Ice Frog's just on the side. He's just like as a hobby. He just starts like. <laughs> making a different <laughs> Dota within Warcraft 3 and he's just like it's like the alternate timeline sort of deal he's like I, I made the game like this but what if I made it like this instead <laughs> um Hef very important question uh what's the best looking Dota character uh the best looking Dota character Beastmaster is really good looking. Uh, he's got like this nice combination of like very manly, but his facial features are still good, if I recall. He's mega hairy, though. Is it weird to give a non-humanoid answer? Sure. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, I don't. I'm, I mean, just... I got like a I got like a silver fox thing that I've always kind of liked, like Anderson Cooper, attractive, right? So like Nahas. Let's not get in there. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's not listening either, right? Nahaz, my mom, Conrad. Right. Out of the question. Um, Zeus, is that white hair? Okay. <laughs> when you were saying, I, I thought you were saying non-human. He's still a human. What? I, I thought you were going to say dare, Phantom Lancer. How dare you say Zeus is not a human? He's a god. When I play Zeus, he does not, uh, he, I don't have the Stormcloud Arcana. I play him with the bare naked Thunder God's chest and the bare naked Thunder God's arms, and he walks on the ground like a human. So, for me, he's a mortal man. Fair. I uh, thought you were going to say Phantom Lancer. He does also have white hair. He also the, has white hair and the, not human. The, the blue thing kind of puts me off a little bit. Uh -huh. um, I don't know if there's anyone else. Yeah, I, I, Skyrath would be attractive, but he's too whiny, and that that just turns turns me off on him. I can't take it. I'd be interested in seeing what Huskar looks like naked, just out of like a morbid curiosity. But aside from that, if like everything's burning, yeah, I see. But I, see. Um, I like that we avoided female answers. That's very progressive as well. I mean, I just don't literally like. I don't have a waifu. 
They're all pretty attractive. Yeah. Crystal Bean's probably the most attractive. That stuff's kind of that stuff kind of weird. I think I would I think I would air on a on Dro with some Dro over Dro Ranger. CM. Okay, maybe yeah. All right, let's make this spicy. <laughs> Go on. So you're gonna have sex with one of the non-humans of Dota Two. Okay. Uh, Who were you having sex with? I've always wondered about fish. So Slardar? Okay. <laughs> you already had that ready to go. I feel like, uh, well, first of all, Slardar's a male. And second of all, Slardar's kind of, uh, well, he, he's not Slark, let's say. He's the big fish, not the little fish. Are you, are you going to be the little fish in that relationship? Sure, Joey? why not? I okay. mean, if, if we're experimenting, if okay. we're exploring, might as well go all the way. I, might as well really go out there. Um, shit, I, didn't think right? of my, I didn't think of Slimy. my answer. I know I, I could say Dark Willow. Time. I should have said Dark Willow for the memes. Um, no, 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 no. I need something, something better than that. Um, Earthshaker. I would have sex with Earthshaker in a heartbeat. You have no idea what he can do with that totem. I have no idea what he can do with my totem, and it intrigues me to find out, Joey. <laughs> it intrigues me to find out. <laughs> Also, uh, it means John Patrick Laurie is going to be making sweet love to me. Which is I'll get a benefit. Making sounds to me. Uh, one more thing. Let's wrap this out with uh, someone with another checkmark. Philip Aram? Aram? Phil? Aram? Phil? Phil? Is it the EG guy? Uh, again, giving out checkmarks for anybody. Uh, anyone, right? Like, oh, we own a team. Or, oh, we sold it to someone. Oh, I guess not. It's not whatever. <laughs> um, why aren't there more tier one orgs in Dota? <laughs> why are the experts asking us the questions? Right. Okay. So now, like, like, why is Toby, Toby asked a question about, about studios? Yeah. And, and why Phil asked a question about his tier one teams? What do you mean? <laughs> like, is. Phil can't possibly expect a serious answer out of this, right? I mean, there's. Uh, I mean, I don't have a great joke answer, so I should have. Oh. I should have prepared something funny at least I mean, if he didn't. To give like a half-hearted, semi-serious answer, uh, and also saying that I don't really have any idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, I think that for Dota, especially, uh, team organizers are in a way very screwed over by the fact that um, TI is such a high high prize pool. And that um, player-owned orgs are a very real thing. Um, how successful they are is, you know, a question for somebody else. But um, <laughs> that's a question I think for Charlie. Puppy's doing uh, fine. Yeah. Um, but like the um, naturally, when prize pools are this high, um, salaries are also going to inflate, right? Correct. No, nobody's saying like I'm willing millions of dollars and you can pay me five hundred dollars a month, right? Like, no, nobody's. Saying yeah, that, yeah. There's right? a, there's a reason why prices go up with with uh, team prestige and also with yeah. prize pool. And then Valve also sets like as a tournament organizer, uh, they also set very high standards, right? Which forces other. It sets a standard as well for other tournament organizers as well as team owners. So all in all, from my perspective, it just seems very expensive and not really worthwhile to have a Dota 2 team. I, I don't really know why you would have one. And I don't really like players can be a part of a team because why the hell not? You can make an absurd amount more money than I'm making all year just off of your salary, not to mention prize pools. So you can make 
a lot of money being a part of a uh, a team for that guaranteed pay and every little bit of money helps. Um, it's just like, so of course, you're going to be a part of one. Yeah. Paid, but a lot of these guys don't really need it per se. In my mind, it's two things. And we touched on one that like player org exists in Dota where they don't really necessarily as prominently in other games. Mm -hmm. We like have a culture of, well, why do we need this? We're making the money. We can self-fund. We can build up our own thing. Maybe we can become a tier one team, but we start here with ourselves. You know, yeah. there's, there's like some business aspect to it, that, but there's also that we don't need a team or a big sponsor to plan the international. We're just five people who want to play, right? Um, also, Dota teams are so incredibly, incredibly volatile. Yeah. That like, if someone like, you know, who, who are big names that even aren't in Dota? Like Cl Cloud9, SKT1, mm -hmm. uh, Astraea's face. Those are the ones that jump out the most to me because really, you know, there are a lot of tier one teams in Dota, Liquid, Fnatic, VP, Navi. Yeah. Um, shit. Anyone else is now, I guess, lower than that. Uh, there's, there's others I'm not thinking of. LGD. Mm -hmm. um, th those all do exist. So it's not like it's barren. I just think that we don't have like the the more of the Echo Foxes or the NRGs or the Genji esports and I mean how do you build a brand around these, right? When you when you buy into like a league system, right? Like you have more control over your roster. Um, you have more control over your brand as a team. Like how as if I'm going to say like in Dota, like we pick up these guys like what's our brand in Dota going to be about? I don't know because I don't really have any control over the roster, first of all, which, you know, maybe you shouldn't in esports. I think that's fair enough. Um, but like you have no control over the fact that uh, like your star player that you signed could just that that brings in like helps bring in a lot of sponsorship and stuff like that. That guy should, could just be gone. Yeah. You know, Can you imagine like the Patriots being like, from now. hey, we're just going to all kick Tom Brady because none of us want to play with him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, there's there's stuff in esports and Dota that's just not conducive of organizations always controlling their players, even with contracts. Yeah. So. So the overall, I guess the overall answer would be that because Valve very clearly set a philosophy of a heavy agenda of player first always. And as a result, tournament organizers and team owners probably got more squeezed out of the uh, this fear um, than they probably intended. And that's a yeah, so that's our layman's answer. And I don't think people necessarily care that much either. Like people yeah. want to root for Kuroki and whatever the dumb name of that team is, yeah. and not be like, I'm only gonna follow Cloud9 and G2. It, it people don't really have that type of loyalty, right? So yeah. it, it it's it feels less important in Dota than other places, but they still do exist. You know, EG's still here. Maybe this is just Phil just giving us a test. Yeah, like ha half the time, like dude, think about people buying uh, like jerseys and stuff. Like I, I bet half the time you're buying a secret Arteezy you know, Jersey for the memes because, you know, like that guy's not going to be on secret for very long or something. I almost bought it. You just ad. don't know. Like, I, I just don't see very many jerseys on fans in the stadiums at Dota 2 events. And yeah, it's nothing like makes me a little sad. Events. Like that, that like uh, camaraderie of being an X fan and having all the X fans and like be together. Like, sure, they're individual fans, but uh, 
you know, there's it's there's something more, about that sports environment, you know, that I kind of wish we had more of. It's more nationalistic than team based. Like, yeah. Yeah. USA, yeah. USA, China, China. Yes. Which we can't change because we're not world powers. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, and that was a litany of things people asked us that was serious and not serious. And um, does that mean that Toby listens to the show? That's the most interesting. Thing. Does that mean Toby and Phil listen? Maybe? Uh, Fighty guess. Phil, no. No, he's too busy. Maybe Toby. Oh, I, I mean, Toby, Mad Max is the best movie of the decade. I'm Toby Phil. does podcasts. I listened uh, to his podcast with uh, Frankie. I thought it was really interesting. I learned stuff about Toby that I had no idea. It's all good. You should all listen to everyone's podcast, but most importantly, ours first, because yeah. you can listen to it like anywhere you want. You know, any podcast player, any YouTube app, just just look up Sipo Podcast. Yeah. We appreciate it. Um, I was intending to make this shorter, and it is almost certainly the longest recording we have to date, so that'll be fun. Maybe that's a treat. <laughs> Or maybe that's riddling you with anxiety that you just spent uh, 90 minutes with us, so. Oh, it was pretty good. <laughs> I'm think... just glad I got to tell my story. That's all. That, I, we I was looking fun. forward to this podcast, uh, by the way, to tell my my stories because I was like, some crazy shit happened to me and I haven't told very many people. So. I cannot I believe that 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 the, the little girl. Is... <laughs> yeah. Huh. You are a hero. I don't know about that. <laughs> you, you got or to some people on the internet that woman could have died on me <laughs> well then we'd have a very different podcast to talk about but it was <laughs> so i watched somebody die joey that's what happened to me yeah that's <laughs> man oof i watched the light escape from someone's eyes um yeah uh. man i was trying to transition to a story about how i watched someone get a t-bone on a motorcycle once did you really that, yeah but I couldn't find a good way to get there. Oh, just that tell was, me now. That was the <laughs> Just tell me. Have you ever been just, you know, going to Toys R Us? Because they're having a sale yeah. on the, the, the little yellow Nerf balls. Because the new Nerf guns, they take the little yellow balls instead of the, the darts that fly out. Sure, sure. And you need them from work. And you need them today because you're going to do like a segment that has a lot of Nerf blasters. And you're like, shit, I, I need that. Okay, well, I know there's a Toys R Us down the street. I'll go. It's the one in Glendale. <laughs> I, I was there when it was open. And um, pulling out of the parking lot. And I'm like, oh, let me, let me turn back around because there's a Baja Fresh right there. I'm going to get a burrito because I'm hungry. And in the process of trying to make a U-turn, I just, I'm, I'm looking over my left shoulder, I'm looking over my right shoulder, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back into the shopping center. I start to make the U-turn, the intersection perpendicular to me is just like flowing traffic, and then a motorcycle just lurches on out in front of a car. And I'm like, I hear a big bang, and I'm like, What? happened what did i just what did i just see like i couldn't process it properly mm -hmm. at the beginning so i'm just like okay i'm gonna get my burrito no i'm not gonna get my burrito i want to go see what happened but then you like see the scene of like a serious car accident you don't want to you don't want to be there no people like watching uh people uh just boop get hit like that is is uh is is trauma i'm sharing trauma with everyone was this a fun thing to end on <laughs> i 
I got all the nerf balls. We did the nerf stunt. I I didn't eat the burrito. You if didn't you were get curious. the burrito. Didn't get the burrito, but I do have trauma forever. So, um, everybody, this is a PSA for our podcast, for Toby's podcast, and for wearing a motorcycle helmet. And if I can leave you with anything else, I don't know what's better than that. Wear your helmets, man. You should. My dad also also almost died in a motorcycle accident. Does he wear the one driving now? the motorcycle. Uh, yeah, so I can tell this story real quickly. The uh, so <laughs> so my dad uh, my dad was young, uh, eighteen, nineteen, something like that. Uh, had a motorcycle and uh, was driving down. It was like very late at night, no traffic. Comes to an intersection where the the uh, the stop signs. Uh, four-way stop he stops he uh he goes or something like that or no, no, no sorry it was uh, a guy ran a red light uh and it was a guy from his high school double oof ran uh ran the red light fortunately he ended up in front of my dad in that situation and didn't t-bone the motorcycle because uh, he would have died oh yeah i, I can he was, confirm it's very bad <laughs> yeah so uh but instead so my dad's motorcycle runs uh into his car and uh or into his truck rather and he went flying uh head over heels over the truck his foot got caught on the handlebar um that was the the like besides you know landing and obviously being very bruised and all that sorts of thing um he got his foot caught in the handlebar and his his toe has kind of like never been the same it's like just bent out of shape sort of deal um and his motorcycle ended up underneath the truck and it was it was gone totally gone completely total motorcycles are crazy dangerous man man half a second on either side of that and we wouldn't be doing the show because you would yeah. not be alive <laughs> yep that's gnarly man yeah, yeah, um, yeah. like i said everybody <laughs> please wear a motorcycle helmet that's what the psa play the sarah mclaughlin in the arms of an angel everybody donate to an in animal shelter arms of- wear a helmet and hopefully someone understands uh american infomercial jokes Really got to stop pitching all the audience. We're done. We've been done.